Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. I'm a tired old man with gunk on his shirt that I just realized was happening as I fired up a YouTube show. Well, you guys are going to have to deal with it now. How did this happen? What is this schmutz? Hmm. Oh, well. Schmutz be damned. I'm on air now. Oh, well. Dirty old Dan Bespris. Live on YouTube and on recorded podcast channels. This is, of course, an episode of Fantasy NBA Today. In addition to everything else, at Dan Bespris is the Twitter handle. Excited that I pushed past 16,800 finally. The slow climb of a fantasy basketball offseason. Thank you to everybody that has uh, followed me over there. Please do take a moment to like and subscribe if you're watching this show from the very beginning. The growth of our YouTube page lately has been nothing short of delightful. I'd like to keep that going as we uh, continue to roll towards the start of another NBA season. And I'll tell you mid-show about some of the awesome stuff over at Sports Ethos. Today on the show, we're going to be going through third round faves and hates here on this one. We've broken down these players individually, but Yahoo shuffled their board. And so we now have to kind of repick what we're looking at. I bring this up. I bring up the board shuffling before I throw the, uh, the third round Yahoo names. And then also we'll talk that ESPN list as well, just like we've done with the first and second round shows on this uh, same topic. Yahoo changing their board has changed the way that we're looking at the draft. A good example of this is the second round where JJJ, who uh, as recently as Tuesday, was the very first pick of the second round and was very not at all a guy that I was targeting at that juncture, is now suddenly going towards the back end. Or at least his pre-rank is at the back end. Third round had a few adjustments uh, on the most recently completed Yahoo tweak. It didn't change considerably what I'm planning on doing in the round, but it did change a little the players that might wind up at the front end of it. You'll see what I mean as we start to talk about it a little bit. So, without further ado, let's talk Dan's third round favorites and least favorites. We'll start on the Yahoo side. We'll pivot over to the ESPN board immediately following that. And uh, I'll try to make this large enough on screen for everybody to see as well. The third round on Yahoo now begins at number 25 with Paul George. He's followed by James Harden, LeBron James. Those two guys being uh, right next to each other is a delightful Wheel of Fortune category. LeBron James Harden. Pascal Siakam is number 28. Bam Adebayo is number 29. And DeJounte Murray, like Bam, who recently got elevated in the Yahoo ranks, is number 30. 31 through 36 is Lowry Markinen, who got bumped down seven spots in the most recent realignment. Cade Cunningham way up the board from the 40s to the early 30s at 32. Miles Turner, Drew Holiday, uh, basically where they were before. Jalen Brunson got slotted down. Just a couple of pegs, not much. And then Nikola Vucevic is at number 36, which is, again, not all that far from where he was before. A couple guys getting moved up just sort of by default because of players like Carl Anthony Towns and Victor Wembanyama, who were third-rounders on the previous board. They got dropped into the fourth, and so everybody else just slid up a couple of posts. Previously, 
and I don't know that this is hyper important to bring up, but before the Yahoo draft board realignment, when Victor Wembanyama was wherever he was, 29 or 30, he was one of my least favorite third-round picks. Now he's not a third anymore. Pascal Siakam didn't fall down with him. And so Pascal Siakam maintains my selection as arguably my least favorite third-round pick. Not the least favorite, but arguably. Arguably. We, uh, we did a show on September 8th, I guess that would be about a week ago, last Friday, where we talked about how to draft the late third round. And it's funny because now that's been rearranged as well. And before I get into Pascal Siakam as one of my least favorite picks of the third round, uh, I have a few, by the way. It should be noted. Um, I'll, I'll give you the names right now. Uh, Paul George is someone I really don't like at the beginning of the third round. I don't like LeBron James at the beginning of the third round. I don't like Pascal Siakam or Bam Adebayo at the beginning of the third round. I don't have a big issue with most of the guys in the second half of this third round. Do I love a lot of those guys? Well, you'll find out in a minute. But for now, I'm giving you sort of a, a taste test of what we're going to be talking about in the players that I don't really like. But, you know, screw it. Let's, let's just dive straight on in. So let's talk Paul George, who we have discussed on this pod before and in different shows, but I feel like it bears repeating a little bit just because he is among a list of players that I'm not super thrilled about. PG, last year, was number 24 on a per-game basis. 25, actually, in some spots, depending on your board that you're looking at. When you're drafting a player like Paul George, who's... Puts up really nice fantasy numbers, but has been brutally banged up in his time with the Clippers. Like, over the moon, <laughs> wrong wrong expression, over the top banged up. And you can't see the games played on your board right there, but uh, I can tell you, it ain't a good number. He was extremely durable in Oklahoma City. His two seasons with OKC, he played 79 and 77 games. His last two years in Indiana, he played 81 and 75. Then he went to the Clippers Played 48 out of 72, 54 out of 72, which nowadays you'll take, 31 out of 82, and then this most recent year, 56 out of 82 ball games. He's missed, effectively, half a season, basically every year since he's been a Clipper. I guess that's not fair. Uh, 24 games, 18 games, 51 games, and 26 games. You could average it out if you want. It's a little less than half. It's more like, you know somewhere between 30 and 40%. Suffice it to say, it's a lot. It's a lot of missed games. Now, I get it. The fantasy numbers are awesome. 24 points per game, three three-pointers per game, big steals numbers, usually when he's playing on two good legs, somewhere between one and a half and two. He even had a couple of two-plus steals years blended in there. His biggest year with the Clippers was, not surprisingly, the year that Kawhi Leonard didn't play. That's when the 2.2 steals came about. It's a little surprising because he had a giant year in Oklahoma City alongside Russell Westbrook, who's, again, admittedly more of a pass-first, or at least pass-on-the-brain-all-the-time kind of high-usage player in a way that Kawhi isn't quite that same guy. PG's assists have gone up with the Clippers because now he's throwing the ball back to a guy who's a more prolific scorer than Russ 
at least in term, you know, multi-level scorer. But overall, the numbers haven't really equated. And so when you're looking for a guy who's dinged up a lot, I'll take his teammate as the counterbalance to this. Kawhi Leonard also misses a crap ton of ball games for various uh, injury maintenance issues. For PG, he's just hurt all the time. How I don't know which one of those is necessarily better. Neither one of them is good. But with Kawhi, we're talking about a guy who's top five per game potential. Paul George is not that anymore. He could shave turnovers by a bunch. I still don't think it would fix it. He would have to improve field goal percent. His steals have to go back up to two. Can all of those things happen simultaneously? I don't think so. You know, how did Kawhi get as high as he did? What's the difference between Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on a basketball court? Statistically speaking, it's actually not that big of a difference, but not, I mean, statistically speaking, it is actually kind of a large difference. I test, it's not. They both average 24 points per game. Paul George actually beat Kawhi by 0.83 pointers. Kawhi by four-tenths of a three-ball, or of a rebound. PG by one assist. PG by a tenth of a steal. Kawhi by a tenth of a block. They both shot 87% at the free throw line on five-plus foul shots per game. But the big difference between these two guys, on the whole season at least, is that Kawhi had half the turnovers per game and shot 6% better from the field. But that's over the entire season. That also includes two months where Kawhi Leonard was playing like he was on one leg. What if you go to the latter stages of the season? Well, Kawhi upped his game. He was at 27-7-4, 2.3 combined defensive stat, defensive stats, 2.5 three-pointers, 53-90 splits. Holy crap. Paul George was number 31 over that same stretch, still on 24 points per game, still on six boards, still on five assists, still on about one and a half steals. Still with close to three turnovers per game and still at 40-some-odd from the field. So that's not to say that Paul George isn't good. What I'm saying here is, if you're drafting someone at this juncture who is a big injury risk, you're probably trying to take somebody who on a per-game basis blows their ADP out of the water. PG does not do that. Paul George needs to have a per-game rank about a full round to a round and a half higher of where he, than where he's getting drafted to accommodate the fact that he's likely going to miss 20 to 30 ball games again this year. I see no reason to believe that he won't. He misses games every couple of weeks with something, and he's only getting older. Does that preclude him from having a weirdly healthy season? No, it could happen. It's just that why would you bet the farm... And in this case, the first pick of the third round. Why would you bet the sort of a large chunk of your farm on something happening that hasn't happened in half a decade? Could it happen? Yes. Will it? Probably not. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. 
With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. So PG is actually, you guys, like, I feel like this is going to surprise a lot of people because you just assume I'm going to take all the old guys. They have to fall farther. PG's not that first round per game guy anymore. And he's especially not that per-game guy if the dude right behind him on the board gets traded to his team, and that's James Harden, who I actually don't mind as a third-round pick because he does have really nice per-game potential. We don't know where he's going to end up. He doesn't make my board as either a favorite or a least favorite, but LeBron James makes my board as one of my least favorite plays in this third round because LeBron James, and this I think is important, over the final half of last year was number 28. He was a third-rounder per game down the stretch last year. Despite, by the way, he missed a bunch of games down the stretch. As his shots go down, so too does his value. Because LeBron's not a big steals and blocks guy anymore. Not at this stage of his career. Not playing uh, power forward and just trying to sort of keep up with younger dudes. He's slow now. I love LeBron. I really do. Especially when he turned into don't-give-a-you-know-what LeBron during his his final run in Cleveland. When he stopped caring what everybody thought, that was fantastic. But he's hurt a lot now because he's my age. Actually, just a tiny bit younger than me, but whatever. I'm going to round up. They want to keep his minutes down in L.A. They'd like to keep his field goal attempts lower. I mean, dude was at 22 for large chunks of the year because the team was just in such bad shape. But once they actually put competent humans around him he was taking 19 and change I think that's more where they'd like him 32 minutes per game instead of 35 maybe the assists will be good they should be decent at the very least but he's also not a guy you can rely on at the free throw line the turnovers are going to be high and I also don't know that we can necessarily just call LeBron like a particular build type of player because you probably need to be healthy to be a build kind of player. He's not hyper elite in all that much anymore from a fantasy standpoint. His field goal percent isn't as high as it used to be. It could go up if his three-pointer comes back this year. He scored a lot, but I think that's coming down. Free throw is not good. You're hoping it's only not good and not terrible, which it has been the last year and change in L.A. Turnovers are not good. Steals and blocks are kind of low. Like, Points, boards, and assists. LeBron, I hate to frame it like this, but he was like a really, really souped-up version of Julius Randle this last season. Better defensive stats. That's not really fair to LeBron. But popcorn. He was popcorn stats this year. Points, some threes, rebounds, and assists. That was basically what he gave you. He was practically neutral at field goal percent. That's not great. You want better than that out of LeBron. And so the fact that he's going at 27, and he's LeBron, so he'll probably go earlier than that because that's a big that's a big basketball name you're throwing on it. You need a a you need him to be healthy to hit this mark, which he probably won't be. And then per game wise, there's no guarantee he even beats this mark. 
I also don't like Bam Adebayo at 29. I didn't like him that much at 35, but I could deal with it because that's probably around where he's going to be per game. Maybe he drops off a tiny bit more if Dame takes any of his offense away, but perhaps he makes up for it somehow in another small category. I could see Bam falling into the early 40s per game, which if you're taking him in the mid-30s and you sitting on his durability, that's a way that he could very easily beat that mark. But if you're taking him in the 20s, for someone that's probably going to be in the 40s per game, you basically need him to play in all 82. That's not really what I'm looking for in the third round anyway. I'd rather take somebody who's going to be better per game and also still durable. And finally, my fourth. I have four guys I don't like in the third round. Now, that's not great. Third round turned a little ugly on me here. It's Pascal Siakam. I've done two rants on this podcast previously about it, so we'll try to condense this one a tad. But Siakam was in the mid-40s last year. He's not a what you'd call a build guy because he's not hyper elite at any one thing that you can just be like, oh, well, I'll just not care about this other stuff. It's just that Siakam was kind of like pretty good in points at 24. It's not bad. Decent at rebounds at eight, but that's not going to elevate your team. Six assists out of the power forward spot is probably the best thing he brings to the table. And then you hope that perhaps the usage goes up with Freddie Van Vliet out of town, but I don't know that there's a guarantee that that happens either. And he's on the trade block. He's more durable than Paul George and LeBron James because he's markedly younger than those dudes. He's not more durable than Bam, and he might very well have the same per-game output as Bam this year. Four guys I don't like in the Yahoo third round. Guys, I do like in the Yahoo third round. I'll tell you, I kind of like James Harden at 26, but I'm not going to pick him right now because we don't know where he's playing basketball. Uh, I like Miles Turner at 33. You guys can kill me for this one if you want, but Miles is a perennial second rounder on a per game basis. He was number 20 last year in only 29 and a half minutes per ball game. Uh, so there was other stuff that kind of went into the Miles Turner situation. Um, Field goal percent was up. Some of that, I think, was playing with Tyrese Halliburton. Free throw percent was up. Hard to know if that's something that's going to stick long-term, but he's not a bad foul shooter, so I don't know that we can put it on that. And he was actually kind of worse than his career norm the year before. He got better from two-point land. His rebounds, not surprisingly, were better this last year with no Demonis Sabonis around. His blocks were actually down this past year, so there is a magical universe where those could just sort of float back up again. And they kind of kept his minutes in check. I could see Miles clearing 30 minutes a game this coming season. His offensive role probably doesn't change all that much, so I wouldn't expect a spike in scoring or anything like that. But 18 points, 7.5 rebounds, all feels sort of repeatable. Two-plus blocks per game, very repeatable. Uh, I, I, like I, The good news here is if they do give him an extra two minutes per ball game, that probably bears itself out with a little bit more defense, rebound, and assist. So just tack on a tiny bit extra and count your coins at the end. The key here for Turner is that he, again, is probably works in juxtaposition to the players we just talked about. He is also, historically, kind of banged up. 62 games this year, 42 last year, 47 the year before that, 62 
That was out of 72, actually, so not bad the COVID year. 74 out of 82 the season before that. He was relatively durable right at the front end of his career. Indy's gone through some uh, tougher times, I guess. Sort of like a fake tank two years ago and then a, a real but also kind of fake tank at the end of this last year. This, to me, is the season where the Pacers are going to try to push a little. They want to they make a little bit of noise for the first time in a while. And it's not that long, I guess. And Miles Turner playing extra minutes and, and playing well is, uh, I think, a pretty easy way that that happens. So I like him. I think he's a, I think he's a pretty easy call in the third round. Uh, I think he beats that ADP on a per-game basis. And I think we have a decent shot to get him about 65 ball games to compete maybe for Defensive Player of the Year, stuff like that. He'd like to be in some of those discussions, and that'll keep him inside the top 25 by totals. So Miles Turner, one of my favorites of the third round. I've gave you, given you so many that I don't like. And then uh, Larry Markinen, kind of an honorable mention here at 31 instead of 24. I don't think he repeats last year. I'm a little worried that Utah is going to be bad this season. Like they weren't very good once Mike Conley wasn't there. So uh Markin an honorable mention. Um uh, Drew Holiday old and fine, but not my favorite. Jalen Brunson probably a little over overdrafted. Nikola Vucevic is likely my other favorite here. And and this one's a little bit of, of a little screwy because in most drafts, he's going in the fourth. So to call him one of my favorite third-round picks is probably not fair because I don't want to take him in the late 20s. The reason I like Vooch so much is because he's extraordinarily durable. He's just sort of like pretty good at a lot of stuff. He finished last year at number 26 on a per-game basis. He was number five by totals, people. Slightly above average in points, very good at rebounding, slightly above average in threes, slightly above average in assists for a center, steals decent for a center, blocks kind of low for a big man, Good field goal percent, good free throw percent for a big, and low turnovers. There's a ton to like about Vooch and 9-cat. Dur- the durability, if you want to call it 10th-cat, being maybe arguably the best thing about him. But I just, like, how I, the way that this goes sour is if Chicago blows things up. And we've talked about this before, so uh, you know, apologies if this part of the discussion is a little bit repetitive uh, from our had to finish the the third round show a week ago. But this is why he's one of my favorites of this range, 35 through 45, is because he plays, he does everything, and he doesn't hurt you. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing. And he's boring, so he falls. He's just not a guy that's going to get drafted early. So call him one of my absolute favorite fourth-round picks, if that was the case, and then I also like him a lot here in the third. Reminder here at the midpoint of the show, if you want to call it that, we probably have some overlap on the ESPN side. Please take a moment, hit that like button. Thumbs up and subscribe to our YouTube page. Do it today. We've got so much cool stuff coming. More mock drafts next week. We'll dive a little deeper into some of these uh, steals and busts. At some point in the next two weeks, we're going to finally crack open the nut That is later picks. I didn't do it earlier because I knew a Yahoo board reshuffling was coming. So everybody came out with their best picks in the universe on August 25th. And those are now like ADP 65 guys. And that's why I didn't do it then because there's no point. That's wasted effort. Um, Honestly, I felt like if I put out my own sleeper piece or, you know, late targets piece in late August, 
it would have been kind of self-serving, so I didn't feel good doing it. Um, I could be way off base there, but that's just the way I felt in my heart. So I didn't do it because it felt like it was just to like put a buzzword out there. And if I'm going to put a buzzword out there, I want to I want to believe in it. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm going to do it. I'm not above hashtagging sleepers on these things, but I want to wait until it's something that that you guys can use that we can all sort of apply in a real life setting. So that's coming up pretty soon. Now that Yahoo's done their first board reshuffling, we might even wait for the next one, uh, but that won't be all too far away. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. We'll we'll get an expert mock going, and we'll break down results from that. That takes us usually a week or two. So uh, we got some really cool stuff running up here. So like and subscribe. Um, rate and subscribe if you're listening over on the pod side. And I also mentioned that I would tell you guys about what we got going on over at Sports Ethos. The all-sport fantasy pass is $7 again just for this weekend. So they, I think, I think Brew's responsible for it this time. Dropped it back down. Uh, it was 9 for this week. It's back down to 7 again. That's all three of our premium sports. Basketball, which of course is going to have everything leading up to the season. It has the Brewski 150 earlier than the NBA Fantasy Pass, way earlier than the draft guide. That's a great reason to get it. It's got football premium stuff, which just got going. It'll have the baseball draft guide and all that stuff when we loop around to the front end of next year. And that, again, is just $7 a month. The NBA Fantasy Pass is 6 So for one extra dollar a month, which, guys, come on, that is legitimately nothing, you can get all the sports instead of one, and then you can win, you know, triple the money, depending on how many leagues you're in. So check that out. That's at sportsethos.com. Uh, I keep forgetting to put that stuff in the pod description but I'll try to remember to do it today. Also, I want to remind all of you guys that you can come hang out with us in our uh, our Discord. I'll throw that link in the YouTube chat room in addition to having it in every show's description as well. And hopefully I'll see some of you guys over there. ESPN board. Let's pull that up and let it load in the background here. This was the fastest way I could think to do it other than like building an actual uh, set of PowerPoint slides. And, and sorry, guys, I'm just... <laughs> I'm overwhelmed. I got too much going on. So you're just going to stare at ESPN's page for a second here. They get a little bonus airtime on the show. ESPN's third round, if you can believe this, starts with Kyrie Irving. This, again, was a list they made about two months ago. They have their projections out, but that's not what we're working off of here. This is just the fantasy basketball NBA rankings for a head-to-head coming into this year. That's it. That's what this is. Kyrie Irving is 25, Cat is 26, Darius Garland is 27, Freddie Van Vliet is 28, Paul George is 29, De'Aaron Fox is 30, Pascal Siakam is 31, Bam Adebayo is 32, Brandon Ingram is 33, Kawhi Leonard 34, Christoph Porzingis 35, and Miles Turner is 36. Miles Turner is an overlap play whose uh, rank is three slots later on ESPN, so big fan of that one, and we don't need to explain ourselves again uh, on the Miles Turner front. That is the only, believe it or not, overlap because as much as I dislike Paul George at 25 at 29 he's less disturbing I still don't like him but I don't hate him as much halfway through the round as I do at the very beginning I'm going to start with my favorites on the ESPN board because you guys could pick them out before I even said their names and it's Kyrie Irving who I already called my favorite pick of the second round on the show two days ago so obviously if he's in the third He is my favorite beyond favorite beyond favorite pick. At 25, that is an obscenely late spot for someone with top eight per game potential to be going. 
absolute no-brainer if he actually falls to you there in ESPN drafts. I'm guessing that at some point he won't be going there, and that might already be happening. But uh, I don't think we need to zoom in on his name because that one was so damn obvious. A couple other obvious ones you guys know I'm going to mention. Kawhi Leonard at 34. Um, Kawhi's someone that I'm strongly considering at the end of the second round. Not a shoe-in at that spot for me because of the games missed on the head-to-head side. That can be a real pain in the butt. Roto games cap, it's not quite as big of a deal. But again, this is a guy who's a top five per game player. So you really only need him to get into about 60 ball games to destroy his ADP. And if he's going where we've got here on the ESPN board at 34, I I mean, he can basically get there playing in 50-some-odd games. Look at Anthony Davis. He was number four this year, played in 56 games, and that's number 18 by totals. So Kawhi could play in 56 games this year, and that probably puts him inside the top 20 by totals. I know, that's sort of hard to digest, but it is the honest-to-goodness truth. So Kawhi Leonard, easy call here. Kyrie Irving, easy call uh, and I'll go ahead and throw Freddie Van Vliet in the mix as well, if only because, again, I don't like him at 18 or 19 on the Yahoo board, but at 28, I like him a fair amount. Um, the Kevin Porter Jr. disgusting, disgusting stuff going on in Houston, not that he was going to steal from Freddie Van Vliet, uh, but Van Vliet was number 19 last year, and so now even with a little bit of erosion, he likely stays inside the top 30 per game, probably a little bit better than that, um, and if he's even remotely healthy... He's still listed as Toronto on this page, by the way. That's how long ago this was. It was before free agency. Um, yeah, he'll take a little bit of a hit in Houston, but I don't think it's going to be all that much. The players I dislike, maybe a more interesting discussion here on the ESPN board, and the my greatest dislike is Brandon Ingram. At number 33, uh, that's just unacceptable. And the key with Ingram, and I'll, I'll try to pull him up here so everybody watching knows who we're talking about. Brandon Ingram is another guy who has struggled a ton with staying healthy. Here's the game log. He played 79 games with the Lakers back in 2016-2017. But then since then, he really hasn't been able to clear a normal season's workload aside, believe it or not, from the COVID years. He was relatively decent. But 59 in L.A. after that, 52 in L.A., 62 the COVID year, only missed 10 games, missed 11 the year after that, but then 27 and then 37 this past year. It's been getting worse. And the other thing with Ingram is that his first season in New Orleans, you guys might remember, he somehow went up to one steal per game. That's just not a number he's come close to matching since then. The whole thing with him was like, oh my God, he started hitting threes, fixed his free throw stroke, and fixed his steals numbers all in one offseason, but the steals didn't hold. The other stuff did, the steals didn't. And so after Ingram rolled into the top 35 range for one year, he fell back into the 50 range after that. He was at 59 last season, and that's probably about where he's going to be this coming year. And if Zion's healthy, it might even be lower than that on the 9-cat side. So pair that up with the fact that the dude can't stay on the floor. I want nothing to do with him where he's going in Yahoo drafts, which is uh, down near 50. I don't want him there, so I definitely don't want him at 33. That is an unacceptably high spot for Brandon Ingham. And if you're like, well, you know, ESPN boards are often built on some sort of points league nonsense. 
That's not even really true because Ingram is actually a positive in the percentages. He's better in 8-cat than he is in 9, but he still doesn't get anywhere near 33 in that range. You kind of have to be punting steals, I would think, to get him there. Even that doesn't really make sense. So Brandon Ingram's health, uh, Brandon Ingram's stat set, which is always dramatically overvalued. He is my least favorite pick on the ESPN board. And uh, just for posterity, I'll sort of force myself to take a second one. Uh, and Christoph Porzingis is also kind of an honorable mention on the guys I don't want to take in the 30s, but would be perfectly happy to take in the 40s. Cat at 26 is fine. Darius Garland at 27 and De'Aaron Fox are the two that I'm kind of stink-eyeing here. And between those two guys, the one that I would want less... Oh, God, you guys are going to kill me for this. Is De'Aaron Fox. And it's not because I don't think he necessarily beats Darius Garland on a per-game basis. Because he did beat him last year by eight slots. It's more so that I am, and this might be unfounded... Very worried about Kings players getting hurt this year. They were the healthiest team in the NBA last season, and that stuff doesn't usually happen two years in a row. And maybe it's not Fox, maybe it's Sabonis, or maybe it's not either of those guys, maybe it's someone else that misses 40 games or something, but somebody on the Kings is due. It's crummy to think that way, but that's kind of where we're at right now. And then the other thing about, you know, the difference between pick 42 and pick 50 is so narrow. Uh, if De'Aaron Fox has two or three fourth quarters that aren't quite as big as they turned out to be, he's probably behind Darius Garland at that point. Garland has a higher assist number, which I prefer. Free throws are better for Garland, which out of my guard, that's more the direction I'm looking anyway. Neither one of them, believe it or not, is that awesome of a three-point guy, but Garland beats him there as well. So I just, I think I'd rather have someone at that juncture that's more point guardy. And Garland is more point guardy than De'Aaron Fox, who scored more and had just an unbelievable season in every respect. I think Fox takes a small step backwards. That's not to say that I hate him at 30. Um, and he is a build guy. He's a guard that's bad at free throw shooting. So that's the way you lean into it. Not a punt free throw guy. But if you're punting free throws, he's a wonderful guard selection because then you're not worried about one of his negatives. Uh, so yes, from a build standpoint, you could make a better argument that he makes sense. But at 30, I just, I'm not seeing it. Because he was 42 last year per game. And I just don't see any way that De'Aaron Fox gets better. That was like the best version. Could he add a three-pointer, I guess? Maybe that's the path? Oh, free throws get better. That was better than expected. Everything was better last year. He was just amazing. And he was unreal in fourth quarters. Appointment viewing in fourth quarters. But he wasn't number 30 in 9-cat. He just wasn't number 30. So that's... Uh, I, again, I, I kind of just like felt like I had to pick a second one. Brandon Ingram I hate at 33. De'Aaron Fox I don't hate at 30. I just... I medium-sized dislike it. This board makes me wish I was playing on ESPN. It's basically where I'm getting at with all this stuff. The Yahoo third round is a, a royal mess, and the ESPN third down or third round is just ripe with deliciousness in every way possible. 
All right, that'll roll you all into the weekend here. Thanks again for watching. Like, rate, and subscribe when you have a moment. Again, it really does mean the world to us here at Sports Ethos. Someone put a comment on a show that was like, if you, were, if you weren't disingenuous about why you want us to like and subscribe, that was, that was uncalled for, man. I, do you know how much YouTube pays videos that get like a thousand views? I think it's worth like four bucks. <laughs> Believe me, I'm not sitting pretty on this. This is generally used to reward other podcasters for their hard work. I, I'm not doing anything with, you know, $65 a month from YouTube. So I legitimately, genuinely, and I'll look right into the camera, genuinely want you all to subscribe to grow YouTube so that we can use that to grow Twitter feeds. I like growing my Twitter feed. I like growing our NFL division, our baseball division. I really do mean it. And on the podcast side, it's a little bit more self-serving. I'll admit on that. I want that show to grow because I've been hosting Fantasy NBA Today for six years, and it's kind of like my podcast baby. And as that show grows, I can meet more people. We can expand Sports Ethos. And I'll throw that at the end here. If you want to come work with us here at Sports Ethos, Hit me up, throw a comment on the YouTube, whatever. Hit me up on Twitter, at Dan Bespris. If you want to join an Ethos League, basketball, baseball, football, hockey, whatever, uh, we got great fantasy leagues running, hosted by the great Andre. We love our Andre here at Sports Ethos. You can hit us up on Twitter about that as well. So a lot of really cool stuff going on. Get yourself a fantasy pass, all sport for $7 a month. And I'll talk to you on social media, at Dan Bespris. Have a great weekend once again. Shana Tova to all of my listeners, viewers of the Jewish faith. A happy new year. Enjoy those apples dipped in honey, and we'll be back with you. I'm trying to get a mock draft going on Sunday. That's my plan right now. We'll see if it happens. You guys know I make grand plans, and then they tend to come up a buck short. Uh, no questions on today's show. We're going to roll on to the weekend. We'll get some questions going over on social, so uh, I'll talk to you guys over there. Love y'all. Talk to you in a bit. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.